Hello, this is episode 184 of the Profile Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. This podcast is about a variety of topics, from cancel culture to book banning to a younger voting age. But really what it's about is the gap between the older generations and the millennials and the Generation Z. I've thought a great deal about this podcast. I've probably been thinking about it since it killed me to record a podcast on roles to help with domestic violence. It was one of those occasions where you record something because you know it will work and it will do exactly what it says on the tin, but it's not where modern society wants to be and you know that it is the biggest gap between the older generations and the younger ones. I did record a podcast afterwards on the idea of roles and where versus balanced relationships. And in many ways, this is the continuation of that. But it's important to realise that you need to think a lot before you speak. There can be no unthought out judgments, assumptions, and most importantly, you can't respond from a place where it's just a reaction in you. And I think that this is what gets a lot of people into trouble. I'm pretty chuffed when I look at my Spotify analytics and I see that at least 90% of my listenership is younger than me, significantly younger than me. I once compared myself to the larynx. I wrote at the start of a notebook in 2012. I feel like the larynx, I speak for the trees, I feel they have as much chance of being heard as the trees. I always feel the students right. I'm their biggest fan. And now those students have started to grow up and they're slightly older. But I still consider them to be the people I'm speaking for. So this is a span of people who are currently starting in their teens right through to people who are 36. And one of the many posts that I've seen over the last week is that we need to lower the voting age to 16. And I think in many ways, it's about time that we stop trying to hold people back any longer. But you need to get ready for a rough ride. They have different standards. They want no roles. There's no default positions. There's no falseness. There's no compromise. It's a very polarised world, and this doesn't come without challenges. Both millennials and Generation Z struggle with trust. The millennials grew up at the peak of their 20s with all of their life displayed on social media, for better or worse. None of my college life or those formative years is present on social media. All of theirs was exposed. And Generation Z grew up with everything from their baby photos online of when they arrived in the world, right the way through, and to navigate that, and to navigate the school environment and all of those challenges, all of those coming-of-age moments, all online, with all sorts of expectations. And it's funny... I seem to work with an awful lot of people who fall into the category of being observers in that world rather than posters. They're the ones who sit back and look at what everybody else is doing, 
people feel incredibly fearful about their own lives being there. And so that determines a lot about how you meet these people. You can't be about yourself or your ego. It has to be from your own place of authentic security. You need to meet them exactly where they're at. You need to listen to that. And it's a different world. It's a world without conditions or roles or sameness. And mostly what they're craving is truth and vulnerability and somebody not being patronizing or condescending. I don't know best. I always start by thinking the world is harder to navigate now. Because it is. It's a different world to the one I grew up in. And I can see a giant chasm forming between those people and the older generations, many of whom have been voted into positions to represent them. You can't expect for your motivations, for your actions to be totally self-motivated and to come away from that without being tarnished. You can't use your social media as a sword and expect it to not be turned on you. And these people are used to having the power to vote with their voice now on a platform. And I don't believe that it's really about banning books, as is taking place this week. I believe it's about the writer's every move. It's about stereotypes. It's about this sense of no compromises again. There are plenty of books that portray gay women in a way that I don't identify with. In fact, I don't think I've ever read a book that I do identify with. But I'm prepared to let this go. But a younger generation aren't. They aren't prepared for those stereotypes to be the sole projection, even if they do exist. But I do worry in banning books because it's very hard to have a conversation about something when it doesn't exist. Every dictator tries to burn books and it's very hard to ever be objective about banning books. And nobody's going to stick their head out of the clouds and adjudicate this for us. And I don't believe that anybody has the objectivity to do the job. Books will always offend somebody. But in that offence, there becomes a very important conversation. But I did write last year that I think that there's a really interesting energy out there because we never stop to question why we're left with certain creations or certain texts or certain pictures over others. We never stop to ask ourselves, why do we have Shakespeare 400 years after Shakespeare? And so in many ways, I think there is something that goes into creations and a reason why some of them outlive and maybe other things fall away. In many ways, the younger generations take for granted that we are at where we are. And in a way, this is right. Why should we go over old battles? We have gained so much in society. Now they want the roles gone. Many people criticize younger people for wanting to be unique. But yet we are all unique. We spent an extraordinary amount of time trying to fit in and to not be different. There has been an extraordinary amount of pressure on them from very young ages. 
We don't want them to learn differently. We don't even want them to physically develop at different rates to other people. We've tried to benchmark that. We don't want them to have different handwriting. I desperately want to see the end of the pen pass. Everyone's handwriting is a unique expression of theirs. We've had standardised tests for them. Everything about them, we're asking them to be standardised and not to be different. And yet we are all different. And so they want to be unique. I saw this post during the week. The most jobs for the next generation at 2050 haven't even been dreamt up yet. And that's true. But if you want them to dream them up, you have to start expecting them to be innovators and to be unique. And we need that uniqueness in the world because it's been very clear from the 70s onwards now that we haven't made the changes that we need to make in the world for so many reasons. We need to stop holding these generations back. And in many cases, I think sometimes the people who represent us want to hold them back just because they feel that they were, that they needed to follow the old script. These generations are not prepared to compromise and do that anymore. And yes, that comes with challenges and it comes with incredible demands for you to be authentic and for you to make less assumptions and for you to stop creating people that just fit into a world, one that is far from perfect. And yes, I do think it is more difficult. We find it easier to have roles. They're containing and it's easier to live within those parameters. And as we demand to not have any, nobody quite knows where to fit. But if we lose the expectation for people to fit, then it is no longer a challenge.